The Onion is one of America's most amusing publications. You know that if you listen to this program because we quote from it all the time. Onion editor Joe Garden's been a guest twice discussing the latest compilations of satirical news reporting. Some of The Onion's special volumes have been instant hits. Our Dumb Century, which chronicled each year of the 20th century, was one such classic. Last year, they did it again. Our Dumb World set out to generate humor from a topic not normally associated with it, geography. And this year, it's back with a paperback edition, including, if the cover's to be believed, a free globe inside. Joining us today to discuss Our Dumb World is Joe Randazzo, an editor at The Onion. We're not sure whether he's the one responsible for the 30% more Asia in the latest edition, but we'll try and find out. As we're pleased to say, welcome to Radio Parallax, Joe Randazzo. Oh, thanks. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And for the record, I did demand that we include 30% more Asia in, in this uh, 73rd edition. <laughs> well, that's important. And we got to sort something out right away, Joe. Joe Randazzo, Joe Garden, any truth that Joe the Plumber's coming on board the staff? No, uh, we did receive an application from him, but uh, it was filled with falsehoods, <laughs> so we were unable to, unable to give him a job. That guy's had an interesting career, though, huh? The arc he's going to follow, I think, will be keenly watched by all of us. <laughs> yeah, he'll be in the halls of uh, another great Joe, Joe Buttafuoco, I imagine. <laughs> Personally, I, th- I, th- I think he could be a gold mine for the Onion, and I hope so. We actually haven't really touched touched on him too much yet. Uh, I think it was such a kind of flash in the in the pan that we didn't even really have a chance to come up with a, a good joke for him, but maybe we will. We'll see. I have every confidence in you guys. Well, this this book looks like quite an effort, and how many of you worked on it, and, and how long did it take? Uh, it is a pretty big effort. Um, you know, when we first started, we had very humble ambitions. We we merely, you know, wanted to write the, the greatest, most important book of all time. So <laughs> I think we set out to do that, and I think we accomplished it. Uh, it took about two years to write. Um, you know, at the same time, we're also putting out the, the regular newspaper every week. And we had about 12 people working on it who were, who were writing it. That eventually kind of got narrowed down to, to four people in the last six months or so. And we had a, a designer, you know, who came in to work on it and a bunch of people who did all the, the great graphics and Photoshop jobs for it. So altogether, probably 15 people or so uh, had something to do with it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, I mean, in terms of looking like an atlas, I mean, you got the satellite photos, the maps, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite an effort. Yeah, I mean, a big part, I think, of our, uh, of our appeal and why, and why we're able to, to do this kind of comedy so successfully is the, the kind of verisimilitude and the attention to detail, you know. Uh, it really took us a long time to find the right look for the atlas and to find the right tone and it's the same kind of thing we do when we write the newspaper. We deliver these absurd ideas and jokes in the most dry uh, voice possible. Um, and kind of ha- you kind of have that contrast there between that very sober um, tone and these, these really crazy ideas. So it's, we applied the same basic premise to the Atlas, which I think is the only way that you can you know, make fun of entire continents and get away with it. Well, a lot of the jokes are pretty specific for the, the given countries, so I gather you guys did learn some geography in your, in your research. Yeah, we did. Um, for instance, we learned that Suriname is in South America and not in Africa, as everybody <laughs> I'm sure thought. Uh, we, the amount of research we did for this was staggering. I mean, we, we traveled all over the World Wide Web, and you know, we, we plunged the depths of the Africa entry on Wikipedia, and literally minutes of research was spent in it. Uh, but we did actually have to learn a lot, because when you're dealing with 200 countries, even countries that nobody cares about or knows about, we still have to write about them. Uh, so for instance, for San Marino, 
which is this tiny little principality nestled somewhere in, in Europe around Italy. Uh, we actually r- wrote about it as uh, kind of as ourselves, editors who were just just PO'd that we had to spend another late night away from our family writing about this tiny little insignificant country. So, which I know I noticed you compared to Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we were tired. <laughs> It's, a, it's not the most thought-provoking joke, but uh, uh, we, we have, you know, I think we have a pretty good balance of really goofy stuff like that that's kind of silly and, and more highbrow stuff, uh, although I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's uh, highbrow. Well, well, Joe, we do want to have one caveat. There are some printer's errors in the cartography. You put Sacramento on the coast, for example, but, uh, but we liked your line about what the governor here really wants to do is direct. We think that's probably yeah, correct. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where is Sacramento? Is it on the coast? <laughs> you know, I'm actually looking at the hardcover, and, uh, uh, well, well, we'll settle it with the printer. I'm sure the uh, 74th edition will correct that, that, that un- untimely error, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Did you enjoy the California entry? Uh, yes, I did. I, I, I also, uh, one of the things I got the biggest laugh over was your Greenland section. You, you showed it as the largest nation on Earth. With the caveat oh, yeah. that the Mercator projection may make the facts included maybe a little bit larger than they really are. And, of course, a lot of folks think Greenland is huge thanks to that Mercator distortion. So uh, through comedy, folks may, may learn that uh, learn some geography. Yeah, I think that was a fun one. That was actually one of the original ideas that we had. when All we knew is that we were going to do an atlas of the entire world. And we're like, great, we don't know anything about the world. But one thing when you think about maps, you know, growing up with those those crazy projections where... Greenland is like down by Africa and wrapping around Antarctica is just so huge that we knew we really wanted to comment on that and kind of had a chuckle with it. Well, you know, headline uh, headlines are the, just the gems of, of onion comedy writing, and I think we really have to cite a few from your entries here that are just hilarious. You noted the Dominican Republic, great ballpark in a bad neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mexico now hiring 2.4 million busboys. <laughs> One of my favorite ones. Uh, Puerto Rico, near the Dominican Republic, in a parade right now. And, of course, France, uh, one nation above God. And one of my favorites, uh, Russia, where Russians are sent to die. <laughs> uh, that, you know, you've got like 180 of these, and some of these, I mean, I, I just can't resist. Uh, Chile, preventing Argentina from enjoying the Pacific Ocean since 1818. It's a silly country, isn't it? It's so long and so skinny that we just had to write about it. I was thinking of the old Jonathan Winters line about the country that he came from, quasi. He was from Quasi-land. The country was 500 miles long and 100 yards wide. They were very big on rope, he said. It's a similar thing in Chile. I mean, you know, we, we researched all of this, this great ancient culture, and this, uh, you know, they had the, the Incas came through there, and, and, and so many pol- political upheavals. And we decided in the end that the thing that the readers really would want to read about is that it's very long and very skinny. So that's what we did. <laughs> and nearby Peru, I'm sorry, Joe, I can't resist. Peru, always with the goddamn pan flutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it just seems like every time you encounter a Peruvian person, at least in New York, they're playing a pan flute uh, in the subway. Uh, so, you know, we, a lot of these are those kind of like superficial jokes uh, where we try to get something that we think people will relate to and then and then really explore that idea and kind of push it to its more absurd limits, which I think is one thing we did there. I especially enjoy that we have a, uh, 
a photo of a, of a Peruvian money, a mummy found in the Andes with a, a pan flute still locked in its 5,000-year-old <laughs> hands so as if they've been doing this forever. Well, you know, the Onion is really prospering in this golden age of satire. Uh, you guys have gone from being a local paper in Madison, Wisconsin, to expanding out to San Francisco and, and New York now. Yeah, we, have, uh, we actually have offices in, uh, I think it's 10 different cities. Um, there's like Denver and Austin, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, New York, a few others. Um, because we also do have a component to our paper, which is called the AV Club, which is more about like local listings, restaurant reviews, movie reviews, uh, music that's going on, stuff like that. So that kind of allows us to to extend out into these into these other markets. But the the majority of our readership is all online. It's about eighty percent of our readers uh, find us on the web. I guess that's the wave of the future. Are you are you in the Midwest or on one of the coasts, Joe? We're now based in New York. Our business office is in Chicago, but all of the uh, the biting and brilliant satire that you read is written out of a little office on Broadway in Manhattan. We're speaking with Joe Randazzo, editor of The Onion, about their latest book, Our Dumb World, a very special atlas of Onion-esque faux reporting. Um, Joe, you can learn some history from, from this atlas, quite a bit of it. Uh, I, I enjoyed the part where you said that, um, what we're referring to Zimbabwe, 1980. Quote, pro-independence leader Robert Mugabe poses as an unpsychotic, anti-dictatorial, non-bloodthirsty activist who does not wish to brutally rule the country with an iron fist for the rest of his life and, and wins the election. I mean, who knew? <laughs> yeah, we didn't know, you know, but we figured that's the kind of knowledge that our readers are going to want to are going to want to uh, learn about. Yes, yes indeed. Um, you had a section on Northern Ireland I thought was worth mentioning. It was very informative. You noted that it was home to quote the most unreliable car bombs in the world due to the combination of Irish explosive experts and British automobiles. <laughs> exactly. What is more of a tragedy in this world than a British-made car? Well, as an old MG driver, I can tell you I got an special laugh at that one. Yeah, I mean, they make these great little cars, but nobody can ever fix them, and it, and it seems like, you know, they run horribly. I used to actually have a Jaguar uh, XJ6 that I inherited from an old neighbor, and that lasted about three months. And I just didn't have the wherewithal to, to deal with all those imported parts and specialty uh mechanics. They used to say about Lucas Electrical that they were the only electrical components that left an oil slick. Uh, you know, I mean, it was... But England is, uh, you know, England we, we cover uh, pretty thoroughly. Uh, in the United Kingdom, in our book, we, we call them uh, England surging ahead to the 19th century. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, some interesting facts that we found out about the English people, uh, they're known for their extremely British sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, we learned that the English people will laugh at almost anything that's said in a dry and, and serious tone of voice, which explains the country's most popular comedy, uh, BBC World News. Uh -huh. So, you know, there's, there's lots of different, there's lots of cultural differences between us, but also a lot of places where we overlap. Yeah, I have to back into the section you had in the beginning, how to use this atlas in other countries. For England, you said, turn to page 137, allow Monocle to drop into wine glass in horror. <laughs> We don't have very many British readers, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, we really set out to just do every aspect of what a, uh, a quote, real, unquote, atlas would be. So including, you know, the introduction and instructions for how to use the atlas, which it seems like every single one has. And, you know, they always have a section on the world's most fascinating subject, cartography. So we address that as well, um, because there is that huge 
cartography trend that's sweeping the nation right now. It's the country's youth demanding more and more maps, so we figured that we would just take advantage of that and ride that wave. So here it is. Uh, out of curiosity, were some of the writers able to use their own heritage to round out some of your, uh, your cultural map materials? Oh, definitely. Uh, a, a writer of ours, um, he's since moved on, but his name is um, Mike DiCenzo, and he wrote the Italy entry. And though my name is also Italian, I'm half Irish, and I wrote the uh, entry on Ireland. And We have a writer who's from Canada, and of course he wrote the entry on Canada. Uh, we actually did allow him to do that. So it was fun to get to kind of, and of course most of us wrote whatever home state, you know, whatever our home state was. Uh, we got a chance to kind of poke fun at our own home states as well. So it was a good opportunity to, to get to do that and sort of step outside of your own experience and, and try to bash it as best you could. Well, I had a quote lined up here that apparently is, is actually from you, Joe, so I'm going to go ahead with it. The Irish section, uh, got some Irish friends of mine laughing pretty hard at this paragraph. After centuries of subjugation by the English and chronic poverty, the Emerald Isle enjoyed an economic turnaround in the, in the 90s and at last managed to beat the stereotype of the poor, drunken, fighting Irishman into a bloody pulp. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, they've had such an economic boom there now that, just normal middle-class citizens can, can literally purchase multiple cases of microbrewed beer every night instead of just drinking the Guinness on tap. And uh, they're doing so well they can easily pay for all the expensive dental work that they usually require uh, every other Saturday morning after a long night of drinking. So they're really challenging that stereotype. Well, as a person of Portuguese extraction, I can't resist doing a quote from the Portugal section, which I, I, I thought was hilarious. Well, your headline, of course, was, still searching for India, which was a good start. But you went on to describe how the people are, are loving the sport of football de toro, a less violent form of bullfighting. The animal's not killed, but rather lulled into submission by being forced to watch a soccer match, after which it is led drowsily from the ring. Yeah, uh, many of our writers are not the largest uh, fans of soccer in the world, so this was an opportunity for them to make fun of both the Portuguese and the sport of soccer. And, and, of course, then, if you've ever been to a Portuguese bullfight, which you probably haven't, but I have, they don't kill the bull. They, they lead him out of the ring, <laughs> drowsily or otherwise. Oh, is that how they do it in Portugal? Yes, exactly. So you guys had, oh. your, you had your, your information was quite correct on that. Oh, yeah, good. I'm glad to see that. I, I never actually fact-checked that one. But, I mean, there's other interesting stuff about, um, about Portugal. I mean, the top occupations there is, is uh, collecting unemployment, <laughs> of course, as most people know. Um, and the, the major religion is Catholic-esque, uh, so it's a very devout people. Well, Joe, I've given you some of my favorite, uh, favorite entries here. You've got, if you've got a few more of yours, you can, you can share with us. Sure, France, I think, is one of my favorites. Uh, that's one nation above God. <laughs> uh, and the entry reads, home to Earth's entire population, 62.7 million people, every single one of the planet's 427 cities, and all of its history, culture, and beauty. France is the only country in the world, which was an interesting fact that we were not aware of at the time that we actually wrote the book. Uh, Germany, genocide-free since April 11, 1946. Though Germany is now an upstanding member of the international community, boasting one of the strongest economies in the world, it wasn't too long ago that the nation struggled with a harrowing Jew-killing addiction. So that one's a little more on the edgy side, uh, but true. And um, Russia was another one that I worked on a little bit, uh, and the uh, entry for Russia is where Russians are sent to die, uh, 
It describes it as a vast, sprawling, ramshackle nation where the decaying infrastructure is marred by tank-sized holes and the entire Navy has been capsized since 2002. (laughs) Russia is struggling to figure out how it fits into a post-Soviet world and exactly where half its nuclear arsenal went. (laughs) So there's some uh, some interesting facts about Russia as well. The national holiday there, still alive day. Celebrated year to year. The national grain is vodka. Uh, life expectancy for a male, 59 years. For a female, 113 years. So some really interesting cultural history there. And, and uh, you know, I think we were able to really explore that, that great land as best we could. Oh, my. You know, uh, Joe, where can people find our dumb world? Uh, you can get it at Amazon.com, of course, uh, or if you prefer the small mom-and-pop uh, bookstores, you can go to Barnes & Noble and get it there. You can also buy it on our website, Onion.com, uh, in our store, and, and it should be available at many other bookstores uh, throughout the country, but I'd try those three first, those places first. Well, I, I'm sure it is, and I think if people have just you know, heard of what we, a lot of what we've gone through here, you know, they're, they're going to realize it might make a good Christmas present. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would urge people to, you know, if there is that special someone in your, in your life who has a, a thirst for knowledge and, and, you know, particularly sensitive bowels who spends a lot of time on the toilet, I would, uh, I would suggest that you consider getting this for a Hanukkah or Christmas gift. And in closing, you really can learn a few things. I noted the first picture I ever saw of Albania's Enver Hosha was in your atlas. Unfortunately, you balanced it off with a picture of Jim Belushi, which I've seen far too many of. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Our guest has been Joe Redazzo, editor of The Onion. The paper is available online at theonion.com. Its latest effort, Our Dumb World, is now out in paperback. And, and before you go, Joe, anything in The Onion's pipeline that we should know about? Well, we recently put out our, uh, our 1783 edition, which we put out earlier this month, uh, which was uh, the first ever copy of The Onion from the 18th century. Uh, and we're just, we started a new Onion News Network, which is um, online videos that can be found on our website. And we're doing more and more of those, and, and uh, they're really starting to catch on. And they're every bit as good as the paper, except with moving pictures. So I would urge people to go check that out as well. They're really great. Well, Joe, it's been a great pleasure. We hope you will continue to do what you guys do so well. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. <laughs>